night and a go blue. You are listening to your home for Michigan Athletics. 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Located from the web at WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Pandora Lunch Box. Pandora Lunch Box. That's our usual theme song, Just Foolin'. This is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, I'm Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, but you know, just a letter off from food is fool. And so, at this very important time in our culture, it's time to be foolish. So, coming up this weekend in Ann Arbor, Festa Fools... A bunch of giant puppets and marionettes wandering around Main Street in Ann Arbor on Sunday. And also, its little sibling just born called Fool Moon, which is going to be tomorrow, Friday, April Fool's Night, starting at 8 o'clock. And I have several guests with me in the studio. One of I have also a virtual guest, but we'll hear from him in just a moment. But, uh, hello there. Hi. How you doing? Good. Can you introduce yourselves and tell me uh, what it is you've done with these giant puppets and such? My name is Susie Robinson, and I'm a student in the Festivals class. And I'm Zoe Stahl, and I'm also in the Festivals class. So what is a Festivals class? Actually, it sounds not like your usual, uh, I don't know, great studies uh, class, but it sounds great. Tell tell me about it. (laughs) It's foolish, but uh, we're both in the Lloyd Hall Scholars Program which is a learning community, and it's one of the classes that we were able to take this year. And this class is called um, Art in Public Spaces. And what you do is you um, partner up, and you come up with um, two puppets and that are sort of related and have um, a message, and you spend the primary, the most of the class, um, crafting them out of cardboard and paper mache and some paint, and it's... It's a good alternative to your usual class. And I know when I'm looking, I've I've been to festivals a couple of times, and when you're on Main Street, you're just looking at in amazement at these creatures, and they seem to have just been created out of thin air with, uh, I mean, you get all kinds of strange animals and beings and people. and. It's really interesting because we all come up with our own ideas, but then when we get out on the street, you realize that like your puppet fits with another one, even if it's in the most foolish way. And so the interactions between the animals and the people and then <laughs> just the creatures um, is really special. And spontaneous, I guess, yeah. huh? Yes, we are like a random assortment and creates foolishness foolishness is is i think the main the main thing yeah Mm -hmm. it's the key word yeah Yeah. um so festival started a few years ago and we're going to listen a little to uh mark uh tucker who is uh, one of the founders of festivals in just a moment but um i guess the idea is we 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 all need more foolishness and so that's something that uh he he got started um what are some of the puppets that you're working on or some of the marionettes or living beings however you want to uh, describe them <laughs> um well some people are class are making someone's making a frog someone's making an octopus um i know there's a wizard like kind of this fun um television 
Um, and then Susie and I are making <laughs> these very big lips and a big Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So just, just giant lips in, in the street, in the street. Big lips, and they're not attached, so they are able to do some damage um, or or some kissing. We don't know if they're going to eat people in the crowd or kiss them. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Well, it, that's good because this is a show about food. Yes, so it's a little it's, bit related. So if you realize then if you encounter these lips, well, you should be warned. Foolish things may happen. Mm-hmm. So let's take just a moment and, and uh, talk to Mark Tucker the other day about what it's all about. I went to the secret lair of the Festifools. That's that's what I call it anyway. It's it's in the Campus Safety Services building, I understand, which um, Festifools is helping to make the campus safe for foolishness, I think is, <laughs> is the concept behind there, probably wh- why they agreed to that building. But let's take a listen to uh, what we were looking at. Let's hear what we were seeing. Yeah, that's it. I'm looking at many, many marionettes, large puppets, large beings, heads, tails, creatures, Many different colors, many ghosts of festivals past. Could you tell me uh, whether I'm dreaming or whether this is really happening? What's going on? Yeah, you're looking at the same thing I'm looking at, I think. <laughs> uh, you know, we're all in the same dream here, I guess. Yeah. Okay. No, pretty, uh, you're in the festival studio, which is, uh, I don't know, about three stories tall and uh, 50 by 50 feet and chock-a-block with all kinds of creations, all uh, designed by students at the University of Michigan and uh, created by community members that come in and help on the weekends to bring them to life. So tell me how uh, Festifools got started. Well, there's several stories. Uh, you, want the, you want the real one? Um, I'll take the, whichever is <laughs> the most interesting. The most interesting. Well, it goes back a while uh, to when uh, I, I was actually a graduate student at the University of Michigan um, back, uh, well, 30 years. And uh, when I got out of art school, I was trying to find a job, like any art major, and I um, happened upon an ad in Detroit, and it was a blind ad, and I didn't know what the job was for, but it said something like advertising or whatever. And so I went, and uh, same thing that happened to you today, I walked into this big room full of this crazy stuff, and I was actually at the Michigan Thanksgiving Parade uh, headquarters. Oh, wow. Surprise. And, yeah, and but when I, I looked inside, I had this real sense of like, I had arrived, you know. I didn't know these places exist, but I knew it was a place I wanted to be, yeah. With really huge, giant floats everywhere, different colors and things? Right. And, and at the time, I, I literally, I didn't know a hammer from a screwdriver. I remember the guys laughing, sending me for a left-handed hammer, and I was gone for like 20 minutes looking for one. <laughs> so after that, though, um, you know, I, I learned the ropes and became the art director for the Thanksgiving Parade for a little while. And uh, they sent me to Italy, which was really nice of them. And uh, there I worked with some float artists in a small town on the coast of Italy where they've been creating floats five stories tall, all made out of paper mache, uh, you know, for the last 130 years. So there was a lot to learn there. And um, I, I hadn't seen anything like it in the States. And there's really nothing to compare. And I thought, well, what if we could bring a little piece of that, you know, back to, um, Ann Arbor. And that's really how it started in one way. And then another way, um, we also create uh, sets for community, community theater. And at the time we were, uh, this is about seven years ago, we were making sets for 
fiddle around the roof and we had a dream scene and we decided to make these giant uh, puppets of the nightmare uh, that Frumacera was having and so we came down through the aisles with these nightmarish um, uh, creatures and uh, they were very effective. I mean, it was really uh, scary. Wow. And uh, small children ran out of the theater. <laughs> and that's when I knew, you know, hey, we were onto something. We're scaring small children. This right. is it. We've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, would it, what would it be like if we made, you know, 50 of these? And what would it be like if we weren't confined to a play? So uh, essentially, that's how festivals started. This piece of music is called Love Theme from Dancing Cows. Just fooling. Actually, it's uh, Joey Altruda, and it's cut number eight, which makes it uh, Rolando, yes. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about fools today and about foolishness because fool is one letter off from food. I'm here with, uh, with Zoe and Susan. Hi there. And we've been talking about the work you've been doing in the class that Mark Tucker is in charge of. Um, so uh, what are some of the sights and smells of making a giant puppet? <laughs> oh, well, one smell I really remember is the smell of the um, sink. It doesn't have the most <laughs> pleasant smell. It's kind of of water and just full of paint but when you're there you just you know it, you're you're at festival so it's okay. it makes the smell okay <laughs> the second smell is the paper mache uh-huh. smell and um yeah i'm really happy when the three hours are over and i can go back <laughs> and smell fresh air uh, yes. <laughs> yeah so it's um the, so the making of puppets basically is kind of laborious in a way right i mean yeah, I would say it's very labor-intensive, and it causes you to think in a more creative way than you're used to. Mm-hmm. It's like cutting cardboard, and then creating structures out of the cardboard, and then after that, some paper macheing. Yeah, you have this idea at the beginning, and you draw it out, and you talk about it, and you're like, oh, this will be fine. Like, I don't know how, why we need three months. <laughs> and then you see how hard it is. And every time we made a mistake, we were like, it's okay. It's supposed to be foolish, right? <laughs> so um, we made ourselves feel better about that. But really, the, you turn the mistakes into something better, and it all just works out at the end. Yeah, you just kind of run with it. And it's a <laughs> good lesson to learn. So you had a couple of giant lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so did anything go wrong with the lips that you had to uh, uh, repair, do cosmetic surgery on? Uh... The, the lips were less of an issue and more of the Kool-Aid man was oh, okay. a lot harder. Because <laughs> lips, when you think about it, it's like two very simple shapes. And then you have teeth. So it's kind of like you're just working with rectangles and kind of like semicircles. Mm-hmm. And that is, as we learned, a lot easier. And then the Kool-Aid man, we found out, was a lot harder because this big jug <laughs> right and the bigger the object is like the heavier it is and the more it like can sink and i don't know we just ran into a bunch of problems and we kept putting it off to the end and we finally started uh, yeah now we're really working on it. it so gravity is definitely a factor yes <laughs> a big factor mm-hmm. 
Well, let's listen to a little bit of foolish music regarding uh, balloon men who turn into bits of food, uh, some hummus, chickpeas, and some tomatoes. Um, this, these are all in this song. This is Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians, and this is Balloon Man on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thank you, Robin Hitchcock. That is Balloon Man, a song about a man who's a balloon, who's a large float, and uh, manages to dispense some chickpeas, hummus, and uh, tomatoes, I believe was what he said. We've had that argument about tomato, tomato, and then there's tomato, which is the third way. But that's another show entirely. This is the pre-April Fool's edition of Pandora's Lunchbox, where we're talking about Festifools. Festifools is this Sunday, April 3rd, 
According to festivals.org, this will be 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. sharp. So that's very important that you get there right exactly at 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. sharp. That's in downtown Ann Arbor on Main Street between Washington and William. And the other question it says on the website is why? And the answer is, are you fooling? So there you go. I'm with uh, Susan and Zoe. Hi. Hi there. Who are in a class where you learned how to make giant puppets, in your case, a couple of giant lips and a Kool-Aid man. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of the other creative things you've done? And and would you say that they inspired you to get into visual arts? Yeah, um, I'm actually a singer, so I'm involved in a lot of singing groups and stuff on campus. I'm in Kol Hakavod, which is the Jewish a cappella group here. Oh, cool. And I've never done anything um, like painting or drawing, so I was um, just curious as to how that would be, and so I joined the class, and I've learned so much. And how about you? Um, I'm less on the creative side of things. I take some art history classes here, and I've really enjoyed them, but I've always been more comfortable with, like, the academic side and the writing side of things, but I took this to sort of get outside of my comfort zone and try something new. And so it's definitely been that and a positive experience. Cool. Do you have some favorite uh, puppets that you've seen over the years? Because they're hard to explain in a few words. It's the big red one with the eyes and the... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a big dinosaur that always catches my attention when I go into the studio. Um, It's just huge. I don't understand how, like people our age and our size made it <laughs> um i really like the elvis because it has um a pair of lips and then the side can just go up of oh, his wow. lips so <laughs> i like that but i've never we've never seen the festival before oh wow so we're really i'm just really excited to see them like live mm-hmm. and in action oh wow that's great yeah. um so moving lips seems to be i guess moving body parts arms and legs and lips are a part of all of it. Do you have to work on um, mechanics of that and that sort of yeah. thing? Yeah. Um, our last class was devoted to like a rehearsal. We had choreography and I didn't even think that we would need to work on choreography for this, but it's a huge part of it because you have to be able to work with your puppet and be able to interact with it, with the crowd and everything. Yeah, it's definitely performance-based because I think when we're in the studio, we've just been thinking about it as like an object, and now we're sort of, and now it's like living, and how do you move around with it? So yeah, it's definitely been like, you have to worry about the mechanics of it. So it comes to life as spring approaches, I guess. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty foolish, but that, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's listen a little bit more. I had a chat with uh, Mark, Tuck, Mark Tucker about festivals, and, he, and we had a little bit of a talk as the... Uh, large, um, what was it, some kind of drill or some kind of loud mechanical thing uh, was making noises while we were talking a little more about uh, Festifools. I was fortunate enough to be teaching here at the university through the Lloyd Hall Scholars Program. And uh, my first class five years ago, we started from scratch. We built tables. We, I even uh, rented a kind of renegade uh, studio that we worked out of originally. And, um, you know, we built the first 20 puppets and uh, really weren't sure how we'd be received. Um, but we were very surprised when we turned onto Main Street and found hundreds of people waiting for us. Yeah. Great. Now, what are some of your favorite puppets, or is that uh, too difficult? It's like uh, asking a proud papa. Yeah, for come right favorites. over here. I'll show you one I made. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's the gestalt of all of them. Uh, together that is really uh, that really makes it theatrical and makes it a performance and you don't really know and I don't know even watching uh, the students make it um, which or what ones of these are going to 
are really going to turn on the audience. And it's because right now they're um, three-dimensional objects in the studio, but when they get on the street, and it's very hard to describe this, but when people get underneath them, it takes three or four people to animate them, they take on this kind of Ouija board uh, life. You know, are you moving that? Are you moving that? You know, <laughs> And it's not. It's, it's the, the, this creation that they've made that starts to move itself, and it starts to become this character. And it starts to interact with the crowd, and, it starts, and the crowd starts to come out and dance with it. And, and it's that kind of magic that uh, I really um, look forward to. And, and without many of these doing it at the same time, um, it, wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be the event that it is. Yeah. Uh, the University of Michigan's been a great supporter of this event over the years, and they've, they've really taken a risk in um, giving us the space, letting me teach these classes. Um, I mean, we aren't making professional puppet makers. That's not the point of it. So um, what is it about, you know? And, and really it comes down to uh, teaching uh, mostly non-art majors in this course, um, teaching them visual literacy. And then through vis visual literacy, um, they start to discover their um, creative inner self. And they can take that kind of discovery and apply it to um, almost anything they're going to do in life. Back with the love theme for Dancing Cows on Pandora's Lunchbox. That's not really the title, but this is Pandora's Lunchbox. Coming up at 7, Arwolf will help us to face the music. He's getting ready to do that right now. But I'm in the studio with two of the Festifool artists, uh, Susan and Zoe. And so it sounds like working with Mark Tucker is probably very serious, very sobering, very somber. We don't laugh at all. No, not at all. We're not, not allowed fun. to joke. No fun at all. <laughs> Actually, it sounds really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been a really fun experience. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the only teachers that I get to see like face to face and joke around with and um, really get to know. So it's nice. I suppose at the university there are a lot of really huge classes. Now that I think of it, I yeah, didn't think yeah. of it that way. No, it really isn't, especially because we're freshmen and you're taking the introductory courses. You mm -hmm. don't um, really get to know your teachers, except really from Lloyd is the only reason that I know mm -hmm. my teachers because we get to have the small classes and it's been mm -hmm. a pleasure getting to know Mark. Mm -hmm. Hanging out with him. Cool. And um, visual literacy, I really like that idea, and I like the idea of public art, too. Um, one of my favorite things, I guess, to see in a city is public art that people can interact with. Mm -hmm. And that's something, and this is going to be public art that's going to move, actually. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Because I think museums sometimes can be intimidating mm -hmm. and put people off, but it's nice to sort of bring it to the streets and everyone gets to enjoy it. Yeah, you're always taught not to touch the art, right. and this is all about breaking the rules and, you know, getting into it. Cool. And I think that that also might inspire people who may not feel that they're into art mm -hmm. to explore more art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Less intimidating. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So just to, uh, some basic info, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Festifools. Now, I should mention Festifools' little baby sibling that's just been born, mm -hmm. actually, will be born tomorrow, Fool Moon, that's F-O-O-L, so that's important to know. This is going to be tomorrow, April 1st, 
starting at 8 p.m. Here's a description. It's a moonlight event featuring an enormous procession of handmade illuminated sculptures carried by dancing teams of merrymakers threading their way down to Washington Street, west of Maine, in the heart of Ann Arbor. There will be candlelit treats and craft brewed spirits, followed by a street-sized shimmering shadow puppet performance. Mm. Wow. Which is hard to do in the daylight, I guess. Mm-hmm. For the, so, but this will be great to see at night. Local artists and community members have created hundreds of glowing handmade sculptural lanterns in preparation of this illuminated extravaganza. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait. That's tomorrow night. Uh, downtown Ann Arbor. And on Sunday is the Festivals, which is now in its fifth year, I believe. That is Sunday from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m., also downtown Ann Arbor on Main Street between Washington and William. And just before we go, I want to make a quick note about a little bit about the history of April Fool's Day. Um, Going back to Chaucer's Canterbury Tales from the Nun's Priest Tale, that is set, Sin March began 30 days and two This is some foolish pronunciations here. Modern scholars believe that there is a copying error in the manuscripts and that Chaucer actually wrote, Sin March was gone. Thus, the passage originally meant 32 days after March, May 2nd, the anniversary of the engagement of King Richard II of England to Anne of of, of Bohemia, which took place in 1381. However, readers apparently misunderstood this line to mean 32nd of March, i.e. 1st of April, In Chaucer's tale, the vain cock Chanticleer is tricked by a fox. And in 1509, this is a food reference, which is important, a French poet referred to a poisson de raville, an April fool, literally April fish, a possible reference to the holiday. So now you get the idea, or maybe not. But, uh, well, thank you, Susan and Zoe. Anything else you want to add about fools or April or... Just come on out to Main Street. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think you guys will all really enjoy it. Yeah, Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Us. And thank you for, for doing these cool things that we're all going to see on mm-hmm. Friday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And more info on all of that is at festivefools.org. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about foolishness this week. And um, so that's right. More information at festivefools.org on the full moon happening Friday night. The first full moon, the first full moon, and the festivals on Sunday afternoon. Well, the good news is we do have a foolish piece of music to take us out of here. This is one I've been looking for for a while, and if you were the person who requested it about 87 years ago, I finally found it. This is the eggplant that ate Chicago, and let me take a quick look to see who does it. This is the Dr. West's Medicine Show and Junk Band, The Eggplant That Ate Chicago. This is an authentic documentary. Chicago looked up and thought that it saw a balloon eggplant, and they all gathered around it and found out to their horror that it was actually going to eat them, and so it did, and that's why there's no Chicago anymore. That is the true story of this song. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you again for stopping by. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. And here we go with The Eggplant That Ate Chicago, A True Story. And this is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
sweet it was just like sugar you better watch out Just like sugar You better watch out for The eggplant that ate Chicago Boy, he may eat your city Crosby, wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds like, hey, hey. They cut out eight bars, the dirty bastards. I didn't know which eight bars he was gonna cut. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going off my nuts. <clears throat> uh, the last bastion of freeform. WCBN FM and Ava. Sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, that mic is on. The Phil. mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone. I'll turn this one on. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM. Ann Arbor time for Face the Music.